I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Snacks with Stein. I'm Christy and Danielle is coming to us live from California. Hello. <laughs> and it is now June, although it's yeah, it should still be June, maybe when this when this hits. So. But we are straight up in summer and it's hot. I don't think it's quite as hot for me <laughs> as it is for Danielle. Danielle's hot where you're at. It's been really hot. By the time this comes out in a couple of weeks, I don't know what the weather will be like, but we've had a really big heat wave recently, so we're feeling we're feeling it. Yeah. Now, are you anywhere near the coast? Like, do you get any relief from from like coastal breezes? Mm-hmm. Luckily, we're right by the bay, so okay. we have the bay, and we get a lot of bay breeze. So we're lucky. So if you it go like help. inland, it does. Oh yeah, like you drive twenty minutes from us, and it's like ten degrees hotter than when right. you come over here. So we, but last whenever this last week now it was, we had the really big heat wave, and there were some days there was like nothing. So you're just like, well, this is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am hot. <laughs> yes, I am hot, and there is nothing I can do about it. <laughs> uh, well, good deal. Well, so my book was actually really, really good this time. Uh, but it is kind of a wild ride and is sort of a long kind of compounded story. So I don't want to rush it. So we're going to get okay. right into it real quick. Do you want to talk about what, what snacks you're going to be having while I oh. take you on the journey? Sure. I am having a not homemade brownie. I did not make it. I bought it. Ooh. Okay. So describe the brownie. <laughs> Are there nuts involved? Is there frosting? No. There's no frosting, just a very classic brownie. No nuts. I can't do nuts. I have been accused in the past of cutting giant pieces of brownie. What, um, <laughs> in your estimation, what is the correct parameters for a single person brownie? Well, are you in like a um, like a two inch by two inch club, or are we going like three and a half by three and a half? It's probably probably three and a half. If I See, like, and so if am I, because that's the yeah. way it's supposed to be cut. Because if you use the cake pan, <laughs> you mm-hmm. cut it so that there's three across. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, proportionally squares the long way. And that's yes. about a three inch brownie. But I've been accused before of like that being a monster fat kid brownie. Then what's a brown? <laughs> then that's a brownie bite then. If we're getting any smaller, it's a brownie bite. And I don't want a brownie bite. I want a brownie. <laughs> this, this crazy world we're living in and i didn't uh, have to do anything for it i bought it <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah <laughs> i'm gonna eat the shit out of this brownie and do anything for it it's amazing <laughs> makes it better yeah <laughs> good okay well enjoy that brownie hold on to your pants <laughs> we're going on a journey very summer vibe with this book However, up top, I do have to give real quick, and Danielle talked about this, we don't always do disclaimers, um, but in this book, we are just going to give a heads up. 
there's some animal harm in this story, but it, and it's not a ton and it's not that bad. Um, like it's kind of just a quick thing, but it is important to the story and I can't cut it out. So if, if animal harm is something that you are not on board for, we will see you next time. Got it. I chose this particular book. We have an amazing Facebook group. There's a lot of awesome people in there. But one of those awesome people is Erica Cantu. And a long time ago, back when we were just an itty bitty baby podcast, <laughs> she said that she loved the Fear Street book, One Evil Summer, which somehow became known to us as the one with the cat. Uh, <laughs> So, and I was, I was going to cover it. Like I was going to do it five books ago. I even yeah, had it so set out to do, and then it disappeared. It fell off the earth. No idea. But when I was cleaning, I found it. It fell behind like a dresser. I have rescued it. So today we are going to be doing One Evil Summer. AKA the one with the cat. <laughs> the one with the cat. The one with the cat retailed for three ninety nine, and it was copyrighted in nineteen ninety four. So we are back Ooh. in the nineties today. The best. I feel like the last couple of ones have been eighties books. So we are hardcore mid nineties. Yeah, we're back in it. Well, and again for reference, we always use this, but you know, Clueless came out in ninety five. So this is ninety four. Yeah. Alrighty, let me get a drinker. I'm gonna... gonna go get my walker because I'm so old. <laughs> Seriously. That's why we had, like, we we're moderators in another group. We had a meme pop up that we were unsure about because <laughs> we're old. And we were like, I don't know if this is offensive or not because I don't get it. <laughs> like, don't maybe if I understand it. All right, so this cover, we've got a really busy cover on this book. There's a number of things going on here. There's a girl and she's in a room and outside the window, there's this gorgeous like ocean view, very pretty lighthouse in the distance. There's a big full moon. The girl is wearing kind of a long nightshirt and she's holding a very pissed off cat. Okay, she's got her hair tossed back, she's blonde, and she's open mouth laughing. Like she's holding up this pissed cat and she's laughing at it. <laughs> and that's where the cover is. <laughs> and the tagline reads, Chrissy is perfect. Perfectly Eve. Oh, I thought her name was Chrissy, and I was like, it's about you. <laughs> this this messed me up the whole time. And it's been a <laughs> And I'm sorry, it's not, I didn't choose it. I'm sorry that he chose to spell her name incorrectly. But it's Chrissy. We start the story with Amanda Conklin. She's just woken up and started the day in the wing for psychologically disturbed offenders in the Maplewood Juvenile Detention Center. This is a, starts out with a bang already. You were already in a... Yes. <laughs> yes, we wake up in an asylum, okay? She's housed with other disturbed youths. The workers there, they mean business. They're more guards than they are healthcare professionals. She gets out of bed. She notices that outside the heavily barred windows, 
there's a crazy rainstorm going on. They form a line and head off to the bathroom. She looks at her reflection in the mirror and she is disgusted. Her perfect tan is faded. Her perm is a mess. I mean, it's a perm, but okay. Um, she's otherwise, she's kind of a pretty girl though. She's got dark brown eyes and pretty like natural chestnut hair color. She's looking in the mirror and she's thinking about how it's been to have been in this place for the last three days. And that, you know, she might have to get used to it because it could be years. She heard her parents talking to the lawyer about how murder is a very serious charge. And she's mulling this over in her head and the guard yells at her to get moving because she's got to go to a therapy session with Dr. Miller. She is sick of Dr. Miller. How many times is she gonna tell the same story? So whatever happens or has happened to get this girl locked in this facility is a little bit unclear, but she does know for sure that it's all Chrissy's fault. Okay, so now we go back in time. Are we told how much we're going back in time? No. We're not even told that we're going back in time. It's oh. something that I'm giving for the listeners because <laughs> okay. it would probably be confusing if I didn't yeah. preface this next set because we're just going to jump right into the story from the actual beginning. Okay. It's a sunny summer afternoon and Amanda is riding in the car with her family. Her mom and her dad and her little brother and her little sister. They're leaving their house on Fear Street and starting a journey to Sea Haven. Amanda is super stoked. The summer trip should be everything of her teenaged swimming, suntanning, relaxing dreams. Sea Haven was a beautiful seaside vacation town. Her parents had rented a beach house there for the summer, and her dad, who was a lawyer, would be working in the public defender's office in Sea Haven, while her mom, who was a journalist, would be writing an article about how stress affects young people or some kind of nonsense like that. And I just want to say here, as a side note, and as a landlocked kid growing up, this scene where they're heading off to the beach for the summer, it's its just the stuff of my wild teen <laughs> dreams, okay? Blame Disney. Because if you lived in the middle of the country like I did, the ocean was like something you might get to do when you grow up. It's so weird to me because I'm, I'm obviously a spoiled California child, so that, that's always weird to me. All people are like, the ocean! I'm like, yeah! I don't think I had I didn't see the ocean until I was 17. That's there's a pair of people I've met who are like, oh, I was like 25. And I'm like, what? Yeah, so I was very digging this vibe like from the beginning, like, yes, go to that ocean. So they're driving off on this summer adventure, right? They've brought their pets with them. Yay. So they've got a couple of canaries, and their names oh. are Salt and Pepper. You. And there's a big, fat, orange tabby cat that was specifically Amanda's cat. Do you want to guess the tabby's name? Amanda's fat and orange. I'm going to go with 
marmalade. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, um, it's Mr. Jinx. We just found out there's a cat named Mr. Cheese. <laughs> I love it. He I like very, it. very friendly. <laughs> I like it when animals have either like a surname or a rank, yes. like Captain or Sergeant. Uh, yes. So I hope better. Mr. Cheese comes around again. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, Mr. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So they're driving along. Amanda's looking out the window and she's thinking about how she failed algebra at school that year and that she's going to have to be in summer school for half a day every day at Seaside High. Because she's going to have to go to summer school and both her parents will be working, her parents have put an ad in the local paper for a mother's helper to help babysit and help with chores and live there with them, basically be a live-in nanny. They arrive in Sea Haven, and it's just like you think it would be. It's adorable and touristy and kitschy, overlooks the ocean. The, the center of town has this roundabout that has a giant bear statue in it with like a fish in its paws, okay? <laughs> That's where we're at. Just about everything has something like nautical painted onto it. Um, very cute. The rent house is the rent house of my personal dreams, okay? It's surrounded by woods. It's two-story. It has like high ceilings and big windows. There's a big deck and there's a small in-ground swimming pool. It's up this curvy, windy road and sits kind of on a hill. You can walk from the rent house through the woods down to the beach. They so sound you can... rich. Yes. <laughs> well, with their live-in nannies and rent houses. Right. And, yeah. yeah. I'm like, mm. <laughs> So you can even hear the ocean waves crashing from the house, but you can't see the ocean from their house. Well, they get there and her mom's like oh there's there's no food here you think this is one of those times when i'm reminded that like stein is a man because yep. no way would her mom not have brought food with them no way no way you're so, going to a rental house but anyway so there's no food so they want to go into town and the kids want to ride along but amanda's gonna stay back she wants a break from being in the car with her little brother and little sister because you know they're much younger than her she goes upstairs, selects a room, starts unpacking, and she hears this knock at the door. She opens the door, and there's this gorgeous blonde girl standing there. She says that her name is Chrissy, and she's answering the ad in the paper about the mother's helper. Amanda asks her to come in, lets her know, hey, you know, my parents are out. They just came back. Can you wait a moment? They really would like to talk to you. They need someone who can start right away. And Chrissy pulls this thing about, well, you know, I've, I've got this other appointment I'm supposed to go to, this other interview. I mean, I guess I could wait for a minute. And so Amanda's trying to stall her. She doesn't want her to leave because she knows that her mom really needs somebody to help. So she goes into the kitchen to um, try to call down to the store because it's a very, I guess it's a very small community where you could just call up a store and ask if your mom is there. And 
get a hold of her mom and say, hey, you know, there's somebody answering the ad. Can you guys hurry up and come back? I'll try to stall her so that she doesn't leave. It's a weird oh. life. I'm going to call Starbucks and find you. <laughs> right. Hey, well, can you imagine if you were in Starbucks and someone approached you and were like, you have a telephone call. <laughs> I just think of um, the Pee Wee Herman movie when he's like paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> Is that Pee Wee's Big Adventure? <laughs> like paging Mr. Herman, paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I used to love Pee Wee. I was a Pee Wee fanatic. Um, But I didn't care for Pee Wee's Big Adventure because it scared me. Oh. You have to revisit it. It's so funny. But the checker lady is going to be scary. The checker lady? Yeah, I think her name is Large Marge. Oh, Large Marge. (laughs) She's probably my favorite part of the movie. I don't need those kind of nightmares, Danielle. Literally, like, all I did as a kid was go on a night just like this. (laughs) (laughs) I was an annoying child. When I found, like, something I liked, it was like, this is it, guys. (laughs) And I still, to this day, whenever someone's on the phone and I'm on the phone, I go, I'm trying to use the phone. (laughs) (laughs) To this day. (laughs) anyway (laughs) i love it (laughs) so chrissy chrissy calls the store hey mom come back mom's coming back she goes back into the living room and she finds chrissy standing in the center of the living room and her cat mr jinx is up on like the arm of the couch and he is back arched hair up teeth bared hissing at Chrissy and Chrissy is hunched over shoulders to ears distorted face hissing back at the cat right I would not hire that person Right but there. right as, as Amanda walks in, she drops it. So she's not really sure if she saw it or not, right? Mm. Like exorcism of Emily Rose shit, okay? <laughs> That's what I kept coming back in my head. Like every time Chrissy does something crazy, like I think of that girl like all contorted. Ew. It's like that. Chrissy kind of laughs it off. Ha ha ha. Isn't that <laughs> funny? And You're she's like, out. I scared the cat back. You know, he used to be an ice back. I'm sassy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Amanda's like okay cool and then her mom kind of shows up out of nowhere and they start to go over Chrissy's resume and her references they learn that Chrissy lives out of town just outside of town with her aunt and she's been a mother's helper before for the last two summers she's she's done this kind of thing Mary who is the little sister and I love it because her name is spelt m-e-r-r-y like Mary how cute so cute I feel like Mary is around five and Kyle is the little brother. He's about like eight or 10. So the kids are young enough like they have to be watched by somebody. Chrissy has this resume and all the references. She can start right away. You know, so mm-hmm. of course she gets the job, even though Amanda's mom could not get a hold of any of her references to check them. But okay. Sounds legit. Vicious. Chrissy also um, 
happens to have brought her suitcase along. I mean, she can go and pack right now. So she <laughs> goes and gets her shit and moves in. Oh. That was easy. Okay. Yeah. They put her in the room right by the kids. And she's got this like big old suitcase, some, you know, she's kind of dragging it along and some newspaper clippings kind of fall out. Chrissy lets Amanda read one of them. And it's a news story about a girl in a coma named Lilith. A 15-year-old girl who inhaled a deadly amount of carbon monoxide. And the doctors don't have a lot of hope for her recovery. Amanda expresses a concern and she's like, you know, is this a relative of yours? You know, why would you, why would you carry this around? And Chrissy kind of casually drops that Lilith is her twin sister. And that two years ago... She had this carbon monoxide accident, and she is still in a coma to this day. Amanda says, you know, I'm very sorry about your sister. Chrissy kind of grabs Amanda's wrist really hard, like to the point of hurting it. And she stops her, and she says, don't say that, because Lilith is evil. And then she goes to unpack. She's like, bye. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Right? Okay. See ya. So. (laughs) Gonna go hide the knives. (laughs) Just kidding. There's no knives. Um, (laughs) So we kind of get like a fade out here. Okay. And we jump forward to Monday. The weekend has passed. And despite the weird stuff that Chrissy sometimes does in front of only Amanda, the whole family pretty much loves Christy, or Chrissy. Sorry, it's so hard. <laughs> loves Chrissy, and they think that, like, she is the shit. Amanda finds a bike, coincidentally, in the shed of this house and decides this is going to be her transportation for the summer. It's a small town. She's going to bike places. I feel like they're also rich. I'm just saying. Yeah. So kind of a dream summer thing again right Chrissy heads off into the woods on this little bike you know and the kids are off on the path to the beach with their nanny leisurely pedaling through this adorable coastal town of Sea Haven she circles the bear and finds Sea Haven High now there's only about eight or nine kids in Amanda's summer school class and the teacher's name is Mrs. Taylor And the hot dude that she immediately zeroes in on is called Dave. Okay. Dave Dave is tall and cute and kind of sly. He's also a local. So Amanda asks, you know, if he knows Chrissy or any of her family. And Dave says he's never heard of her. He's lived there his whole life. But they work on an assignment as partners, and Dave is way better at algebra than Amanda. The half day ends, Amanda bikes back to the rented house. When she gets there, she sees her baby sister floating in the pool. Mary can't swim. Oh my god. So she dives into the pool and swims up to Mary when Chrissy rises out of the water in her path. And Mary is hanging off of Chrissy's arm. Chrissy had just been teaching Mary to float. And for some reason, everybody is appalled that Amanda would jump in the pool with her clothes on like that. Okay, 
Okay. Trying to save baby sister from death, which is what any of us would do. But the whole family is acting like this was a really weird move on Amanda's part. Let me go get my swimsuit and then I'll come and save you. Okay. She she jumped in to get the baby out. Like what? I know. (laughs) Don't die. Gotta go get my swimsuit. BRB. (laughs) Also, like for many years of lifeguarding and also teaching swim lessons, Chrissy was floating, holding her up from underneath so that it looked like she was floating by herself. Who Uh, does that? I've never once thought, I'm going to hold my breath and go underneath to hold you up to teach you to float. Mom pulls Amanda aside for like a talk and she's like, Amanda says, you know, I know that this is kind of unrelated, but I've got this really bad feeling about Chrissy. The cats hate her. The birds don't sing when she's in the room. And she met this kid from town in class today, and he's never heard of her. This is a small town. Like, they they should know that name, at least. Yeah. And Mom admits, you know, she's still not really been able to check Chrissy's references. One of the phone numbers is always busy. The other one just rings and rings and rings. But you know what? She's sure it's fine. Chrissy is a delight. They are very lucky to have her. Amanda... Then asks why Chrissy would say that her sister was evil and tells her mom about the thing with the wrist. And her mom's like, well, that's not what she told us. She told us her parents were killed in a car accident and that her sister was all she had left and that she's in a coma. So they should really try to be nice to her. And she's not sure what Amanda's problem is, but she thinks Amanda is being really unfair to Chrissy. How quickly things turned. Dumb rich people. Well, they can't be bothered. You know, they're writing articles about stress. She was ahead of the times with the stress thing. Right? She's very concerned about her teenage daughter. Also, she hired a nanny. Um, (laughs) Sorry, no shade. No shade to nannies or if you need one. I get it. Kids are hard. You can afford it. Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. Like, honestly, if if it is necessary, awesome. Now, if you're hiring a nanny so that you can go day drink by the pool, fuck you. Go pay attention to your kids. Exactly. I digress. Sorry, I'm not going to get on that particular soapbox right now. (laughs) Amanda gets changed, and she lets Mr. Jinks out onto the lawn where Chrissy and Mary and Kyle are all playing badminton. They're laughing and kind of just hanging out, and Amanda's watching them out of the kitchen window. She notices a silver hatchback start to come down the road, and as it approaches the house, it starts to swerve and pick up speed was heading straight for the kids. Chrissy dove and the car slid and crashed into the family's parked car. (coughs) Amanda and her parents all run outside, her mother screaming, no, 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 because the car literally was right where the kids were. Until Chrissy pops up on the other side of the silver car holding both of the children. She had got them out of the way just in time. Dad goes to check on the driver and ask him if he was drinking. The driver says, no, I I wasn't. I have no idea what happened. The car, it sped up on its own and I couldn't steer it. It's like the car was alive. While dad is trying to shake the truth out of this poor dude, mom's busy checking the kid for injuries. And Amanda notices a pile of orange and white fur on the lawn. Mr. Jinx was hit and he's dead. And she could swear she saw Chrissy smiling. 
So RIP, Mr. Jinx. That's so sad. You were so fluffy <laughs> and, and orange. It's sad. It is. It's sad. It's sad. Well, and Amanda's right there with you. Like, she's very upset. Like, this was her cat, like, her buddy, like, and she's lost him. And her eight-year-old brother, Kyle, is upset, too. Mary is young enough that she can be distracted by what just happened. But but Kyle and Amanda go off to bury Mr. Jinx near the woods. And it's this really, like, touching scene. It's sad, but it's touching. Kyle kind of goes off and finds some leaves and stuff to make a bed for the kitty in the ground. Like she's very upset the whole family's upset she goes upstairs she tries to do homework she can't think she's just really emotionally drained and she kind of passes out way early but she does that thing where you fall asleep too early and then you wake up kind of in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. she's in this weird half sleeping mindset and she goes down for a drink of water And as she's heading to the kitchen, she sees that Chrissy's door to her room is wide open. That's kind of strange. It's the middle of the night and the lights are on. What is she doing up now? So Amanda kind of tiptoes up to the door, just far enough to look in. She sees Chrissy standing with her back to the door. And something is wrong. She's wearing a long nightshirt and her blonde hair is loose down her back. Why does she look so tall? Was Amanda still dreaming? But at that thought, Chrissy jerked her head around and found Amanda staring. And Amanda's stomach dropped. Chrissy's face was horrible and distorted and evil. Amanda immediately looked down to avoid that kind of ice water smile and she discovered why Chrissy looked so tall. Chrissy was floating six inches off the floor, her toes just skimming the rug. Yes, again, I go back to Emily Rose. Like, yeah, mm mm-hmm. She's very Emily Rose. Yeah. Everything was blurry, and Amanda could hear her dad saying that she had fainted. They found her on the floor outside of Chrissy's room. The mention of her name brought that horror movie scene right back to her and Amanda starts freaking out on her parents. They have to get rid of Chrissy. Something really bad is going to happen if they don't. Chrissy is evil. She was floating. Like in the air, she went to go get water. She saw Chrissy floating in her room and that's why she fainted. And right about now, Saint Chrissy shows up, right? And she's all, what's going on? Can I help? Is Amanda okay? Does she normally imagine things? And this sends Amanda right over the edge. And she ends up with her finger like up in Chrissy's face screaming, (laughs) liar, liar. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda's parents apologize to Chrissy for Amanda's behavior. And they say, you know, she's just upset about Mr. Jinx. And, you know, Chrissy, you should just go ahead and go back to bed. They'll handle Amanda. In the end, Amanda concedes that it is possible that she could have been sleepwalking. She could have not seen what she thought she saw. And mom even asks Amanda, you know, do you want to talk to a counselor? And Amanda's like, no, I don't want to talk to a counselor. And they send her back to bed. Have you ever sleptwalked? Not that I know of. I know not in my adult life. I don't think I did as a kid either. It's not. Do you know anyone who sleepwalks? 
No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm asking because I don't either. I've, yeah, nev I don't, I've never I'm done it think, and I've never heard of it. I'm trying to think if like my cousin may have never like to the point where it was a recurring problem or one of those scary things where like they hurt themselves, you know, like those really severe cases where, you know, they do yeah, crazy yeah, stuff Yeah, I mean, you hear, hear about people mm -hmm. doing that. Like I've never, yeah. I talk sometimes in my sleep if the dream is intense. My, my mm -hmm. husband does. Um, we worked in rental for a long time in the car rental industry and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> any of my car rental peeps, what, what? Um, you'll know what's up when I say like, there's always been a debate between like, Hey, that's not a credit card. That's a debit card. And it's not the same. And I can't <laughs> rent you this car because you don't have a line of credit. You have a bank account. That's not going to work for me. Right. So Sean used to cuss out customers in his sleep. <laughs> like he would wake me up yelling. It's not a fucking credit card. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. And I'd have to be like, babe, babe. We, we worked for Enterprise, so we call them E-mares. Um, E-mares. So yeah, so she goes back to sleep or tries to, but now she's afraid. And can you blame her? Fucking Emily Rose is down the hall, okay? She's probably speed crawling on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know what's going on. I'm not into it. No. So after laying there for quite some time, she does finally manage to drift off. And when she does, she's awoken by the sound of someone moving around in the house. Ew. The clock says it's about 2.15 a.m. Nobody should be up at that time. So she kind of sneaks down to the kitchen where the light's on. And it's Chrissy, but she's doing something totally normal. She's eating Oreos straight out of the package. Okay, right. cool. That sometimes happens. I mean... So she heads back to her room, and as she passes by Chrissy's room... She thinks that because Chrissy is in the kitchen and she's kind of occupied, this is a really good opportunity for her to snoop. She walks into Chrissy's room. Chrissy's got all these old newspaper clippings on the floor, and they're just kind of strewn about, okay? Amanda goes and she picks one up, and she's almost instantly caught by Chrissy, right? Who yells at her to get the fuck out of her room and never come back again. Amanda's like, okay, psycho, I'm gone. And Chrissy slams the door in Amanda's face. But as she does, one of the newspaper articles flies under the door and into the hallway. So Amanda snags it and runs back to her room and closes the door. The story was about two years old and it told about a tragedy of Mr. and Mrs. Anton Minor, who had been found dead in their beds. Their only daughter, Lilith, survived, but was in a hospital in a coma. The deaths seemed to be an accident, as the family car had been left running in the garage. The garage had filled with carbon monoxide, and then the gas traveled through the home via the heating and cooling system. Okay, so... What? Everyone's <laughs> found dead in their bed, and it's an accident. Like someone went down, turned the car on, and forgot, and then everyone went to bed? Yeah. It doesn't sound like an accident to me. Also, isn't there a fail-safe in place with, like, ductwork where, like, maybe the garage is not, con like, disconnected from the rest of the house? I don't, I truly don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because, like, 
no spoilers, sorry people. But if you haven't seen Midsommar, I can't say it right, Midsommar, they, Midsommar. someone dies like that. They leave the car running and they send Minox, car Minox to the house. And I didn't know how it worked. And I'm like, how is this working? But she had a whole like system. Like she put like, you know, a tube all through the house, you know, and I think you would have thing. to. Mm-hmm. I feel like there might be some kind of a like a backflow. So, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, she definitely that had up. a contraption. But. Because people start their car in their house all the time. And you'd think that would be super dangerous if it was connected mm-hmm. to. I don't know how it would travel all the way through your heating and cooling. Right? To kill everyone. Okay. How long was the car running to fill a whole house? But who leaves with gas? the car running to go to bed? I know. But apparently it's a big accident. If you say so. <laughs> right. The other weird thing about it is that there's no mention of Chrissy in the article at all. And Amanda decides she's got to get her hands on those other articles because Chrissy had 100% lied to mom and dad about her parents and about how they had died in some kind of car accident. So. Amanda's going to have to find these answers on her own. And as she thinks about what she can do to get her hands on the other articles, the one she's holding in her hands bursts into flame. Ew. And she drops it onto the rug, and the rug catches fire. And so she's beating the flames, trying to put it out. She gets the fire under control, and she hears this weird laugh, and her stomach kind of drops because it is very close, like it's in the room. So she looks around to see who's laughing, and then she realizes it's not that it's in the room, it's in her own head. Ew. But it's not her laughing. And it won't stop. And she holds onto her forehead and she starts yelling, stop, please stop. And then we get another fade out. So the next morning, Amanda's on a mission. She's going to find out what the fuck is going on, and she's going to need proof to convince her parents that Chrissy is not on the up and up. So she sneaks downstairs and she calls her friend, her friend and her neighbor on Fear Street, Susie. Susie's back in Shadyside, and she asks Susie to go to the Shadyside library and look through the old newspapers to try to find some kind of reference to Chrissy or her family or what happened to them. The Shadyside Library is a lot bigger than the library in Seahaven, so she needs Susie to do this. She wants her to go to the library, see if she can find that name, call her, report back. Susie agrees to help, but before getting off the phone, she asks Amanda if that girl ever found her. Susie says that right after the family left for Seahaven, there was this really pretty blonde girl knocking on their front door. Susie went over to tell her no one was home, and the girl said that she was Amanda's cousin or something, and that she was trying to get a hold of her. Ew. When Amanda asks if the girl gave her name, Susie's voice started to change on the other end of the line. It started to sound like Chrissy's voice. Somehow, Chrissy was now talking on the phone to Amanda and not Susie. Chrissy sounds super pissed and evil, and she's asking what Amanda's problem is. Why can't she just leave it alone? Why does she want to know about Chrissy? And that's when Amanda starts to feel the pain in her hand. The phone receiver is burning hot. In fact, 
It started to lose shape and drip down her arm. The plastic receiver was melting in Amanda's hand. But Chrissy's crazy voice keeps coming out of the earpiece. And she's laughing now. And as freaked out as she is, she's also pretty happy because this is proof. This is solid proof. Something is wrong here. Phones don't just melt. She (laughs) runs to get her parents, right? Because they have to believe her now. They're in the yard. They're watching their car get towed away because it got crammed. And when she runs back through the house, her heart kind of drops. The phone, the one that was in the puddle, it's fine. It's back in its cradle. It's not melted at all. Creepy. Okay. So now it's quite possible that she is going crazy. Like for real. And there's no way her parents are going to believe her. So the one thing that she does know is that she's she's on her own. She's going to have to get Chrissy out of the house and pretend that she's doing just fine. Or she will lose so much of the credibility that she's got left. She won't get a chance to get Chrissy out. She grabs her bike. She heads off to summer school. I forgot about school. I know, right? <laughs> In a crazy turn of events, she kind of likes summer school. Like, it's normal there, okay? There's no melting phones or exploding newspaper clippings. Hot Dave is there. And he's looking pretty good today, okay? They pair up again. They're working on the assignment. Dave asks how the mother's helper is working out. Amanda's like, don't ask. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. And Dave's all big, dark eyes. And he's like, try me. So she does. She tells him all the weird things that have happened. And for some reason, possibly because he's trying to get close to Miss Amanda, Dave believes her. He says, you know. He's asked around about Chrissy and no one that he knows in Seahaven has ever heard of her. Amanda says that Chrissy's resume stated that she lived on with her aunt on Old Sea Road. And Dave kind of jumps back at this because he knows that there's only one house on that road and it stood abandoned for years. It's, it's a weird local story where like, a bunch of people were murdered in that house. Dave offers to take her on kind of a driving tour of the town after class if she's got the time. Guess what? She's got the time. (laughs) (laughs) So he puts her bike into the back seat of his 78 Mustang. And they go driving. It's blue again. Another blue car. I don't know. Themes. Themes. He takes her up to lookout point. And don't worry. I'm sure the car has plenty of gas and it won't mysteriously break down right at the makeout spot. It's fine. But they actually do get out of the car, like at the overlook, and they go check out the scenic kind of view. It's a sea cliff drop off. You can look down and see the waves crashing below. And there's these three really distinct boulders jutting out the bottom of the cliff. Dave kind of laughs and says that his brother got in some trouble for painting some truly amazing lewds of their principal onto those boulders. It was kind of crazy because they had to rappel down the cliff in order to do it. But he says his brother is a little bit nuts. He's also got this other brother who works at the Seaside Inn. 
and he is at charge of like the kind of like the recreational desk where they handle all the rentals and whatnot. So he drives Amanda over there and they take out, is it called a jet ski or a wave run runner? Well, isn't, wait, I, I don't know. <laughs> the brand, isn't it a brand? I know it, I don't know. Because there's jet skis, there's wave runners and there's like, and then you could also call it a sea do. Right. I think Cedar is, is a brand. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't remember, like, writing this if I should refer to this thing as a wave runner or a jet ski. I think either is a Okay. Okay. Well, anyhow, so they, yeah, they get one of, it's, yeah, it's a water motorcycle. They get one of those and they spend the whole afternoon riding around on the water. You. But here's where it gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, who is driving, starts heading out to sea. And they spot this small island. He pulls up to the shore, he anchors the wave runner, and he says he wants to show her his secret hideout. No. They walk through the woods to a tiny rundown cabin. Inside the cabin is stocked with all kinds of stuff. A table a cot, trunks filled with supplies. Dave explains that this used to be a hunting cabin. Hunters would use it to hunt ducks and geese, which is illegal in that area, so they got run off and they left all this stuff behind. Dave says that he and his brother found it a few years ago and they call it the bloodshed because the floor has been stained bright red from what we can assume is animal blood. Oh. Then, Dave pulls a knife. A big fucking hunting knife. And declares that he knows how to get rid of Chrissy. Hmm. Amanda is appalled. She tells Dave in no uncertain terms is she gonna stab the shit out of Chrissy to get rid of her. And Dave laughs. No, no, his plan is way better. He thinks that Amanda should plant the knife in Chrissy's room and have her parents find it. They'll fire her if they find that she's been hiding big fucking hunting knives in her room, right? You would hope okay. so, but they sound dumb. <laughs> so the knife is literally huge. It's like a big fillet knife, okay? It's got this big ivory handle and into the handle there are seven notches cut into it amanda is unsure but dave kind of goes in and kisses her and they make out so hard in the blood cabin in the bloodshed romance. he tells her romance hey she's into it she is all over it she's crawling <laughs> all over uh -oh. you know forget the fact that he's like no you should plant this knife on your nanny they kind of break apart. He's like, you know, you're not alone. I'm with you. I believe you. And will you take the knife? And she's like, sure. I'll take the knife. So she takes it from Dave. Sure. And everything is lovely. 
And it, she, she talks about purse. like how she's like a backpack. Yeah, like a bag. Like, like a middle bag. She puts in her little bag and slings it over her <laughs> shoulder and they ride back to the to the shore. He gets in his car, he drives her home to the rent house, right? Good plan. Good oh plan. God. It's been a productive afternoon of making out Uh-oh. random cabins and also knives. Um they get to Amanda's house. Chrissy immediately takes a shine to Dave because Dave's cute. Uh, Amanda says, you know, how it's weird that they don't know each other because Chrissy lives on Old Sea Road and Dave's from this town. Chrissy explains, well, you know, she doesn't actually live on Old Sea Road. She lives in the next town over. Her aunt was buying that old house on Old Sea Road, but they haven't moved in yet. And She just figured that they would be moved in by this time. So she put it on her resume because she thought, you know, that would just be easier. So I just lied. That's but it, but it was easier, Danielle. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. It was easy for her, so she did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's fine. It's fine. Um, and she's like, "Hey, you know, Dave. I heard you pull up. What kind of car is that? I like cars." And you know, will you go show show me your car, Dave? No. And Dave kind of does this like pointed look down at Amanda's bag, signaling that this would be the perfect time to plant that knife in Chrissy's room while he has her distracted. So he says goodbye to Amanda, and he's like, "Sure, Chrissy. You know, I'll, I'll show you the car before I go." Amanda goes straight to Chrissy's room. She opens the drawer. She takes the long hunting knife out of her bag. She notices something weird, though. It's like a red drop right on the tip of the knife. It's blood. But it's not dried blood. It's wet, and it's pooling on the knife blade. Then the knife starts to gush blood, just spraying it everywhere, all over Amanda, all over Chrissy's room. It's shooting out from the knife blade in her hand. So she drops it and has a freak out. Remember, she thinks she's going crazy. She's she's like, okay, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. But the blood doesn't stop. So she runs downstairs trying to get away from the knife. Maybe the blood will disappear and her clothes will go back to normal, just like with the phone. But when she gets into the living room, she realizes the birds aren't singing in their cage. And she walks over and finds them dead on the bottom of the cage. There's blood all over the cage because their little throats have been cut. God. And Amanda starts screaming. Mom comes running into the room asking, what's wrong? Why are you covered in blood? And all Amanda can do is point to the birdcage. Mom gets real quiet for a minute. And then she asks Amanda, how could she do such a horrible thing? Amanda starts to protest to say that it wasn't her. When Chrissy comes in with the knife and a bunch of bloody clothes in her hands, screaming that she just found it in her dresser drawer. There's blood all over her clothes. Everything she has is ruined. Why does Amanda hate her so much? How could she do this to her? And Amanda snaps. She gets right up in Chrissy's face. And remember, she's covered in blood, okay? And she starts yelling, because you're evil and I want you out of this house. 
And she turns to mom and points at Christy, Chrissy and she's yelling, she's evil, 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 she's a liar. And right about now, dad comes in and asks what the hell is going on. Chrissy is crying. And dad asks Amanda why she would try to hurt Chrissy. Mom explains Amanda has killed the birds and ruined all of Chrissy's things. And they need to find a doctor for her. This has gotten out of hand. Amanda Shrink is named Mr. Elmont. Okay. He's like 60, right? He's kind of boring, quiet, listens a lot. And after hearing her story, he's pretty sure that she has somehow had a psychotic break as a result of failing algebra. And I got to tell you, as someone who failed college algebra twice, <laughs> it's not that traumatic. No. Okay. I failed too. I mean, I mean, surely not so much that like you are cracked and you think like someone in your house is possessed. Okay. First of all, math is stupid. Okay, That's number one. Number two. They schedule all those, like, freshman classes that you have to take always at 7 o'clock. Why? No freshman who has just drank for the last eight hours every day of the week is getting up to go to a 7 a.m. class. To learn math. (laughs) To learn math. Like, even if I had showed up, I I feel like I still probably wouldn't have been able to grasp it. No. Yeah, I failed. I failed algebra twice, and I failed accounting once, and I failed econ I can't twice. I can't remember which one I <laughs> had to stay behind. I had to repeat. I didn't. I didn't have to stay behind, but like you know, I had to like. I couldn't advance to the next level. I had to do like the two and a half, you know, like versus going. There was an intermediate. Like you got to move ahead, but not all the way because I didn't get past algebra two. So. And I'm like, and I haven't used algebra to this day. So, <laughs> so yeah. moral of the story is math sucks. Indeed. Yes, it does. 100%. In the car ride home from the shrink's office, Amanda pretends to be asleep so she can like hear what her parents are talking about her. Right. The doctor has told them that Amanda is cracked, but it's not really her fault and she can't control it. They can't fire Chrissy because that would reward Amanda's behavior and teach her to go crazy every time she's threatened by someone. And that's what the doctor thinks, that Amanda is threatened by Chrissy, and that the family wants to replace her with this new, better version of her that's now living in the house. She's supposed to relax and just try to get over it. Professional opinion. So Amanda makes decision. She's going to fake it. When she gets home, she asks to talk to Chrissy outside. She apologizes to her for all the crazy behavior. She wants to make a fresh start. Right as she's doing this, a little stray calico kitten wanders out of the woods. Chrissy tells Amanda to let it run off because, you know, it's probably diseased. But Amanda ends up sneaking the kitten into her room. Sometimes when everyone thinks you're crazy, a kitten is your only buddy. Amanda feeds the kitten 
and then kind of like relaxes. You know, the presence of this animal is enough to like have her relax a little bit. And she must have fallen asleep because when someone knocks on her door, she opens her eyes. It's almost nighttime outside. It's her mother saying that there's a call for her. Amanda jumps up. It's got to be Susie, right? So she leaves the kitten in her room and runs down to get the phone. But it's not Susie. It's Carter, one of Susie's friends from school. It's weird that he would be calling Amanda because Amanda and Carter are not friends. Carter asks if she's heard about Susie. She's in the hospital. It's so weird. She was at the library looking up some stuff and then blood started pouring from her mouth and nose and they found her slumped over the microfish viewer. Ever use one of those? Yes. They're fun. I was to say, I kind of miss it. I know. To turn the knobs. They're so fun. Yeah, they go chick, 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 chick. Yep. Good times. That's how you used to look at old newspaper articles before they were digital. Um, more fun. Super fun. But the doctors, they don't have any idea what's wrong with Susie. They're keeping her at the hospital for tests. Susie had Amanda's phone number written down in a notebook. So he wanted to call and see if Amanda knew anything that could maybe help Susie's doctors. Like, was she, you know, taking any kind of weird drugs or anything that Amanda knew about? And Amanda's like, no, you know, I don't know why she was at the library. She's not into anything that I'm aware of. But, you know, please keep me informed if anything changes with her condition. So she hangs up the phone. It was Chrissy. She knew it. It had to have been her. Mom asked who called and Amanda told her about Susie being in the hospital. Mom also asked how the talk with Chrissy went and Amanda tells her it went great. She's really trying to make a fresh start with Chrissy. So that night, Mom and Dad have been invited over to a friend's house, but it's Chrissy's night off. And Amanda says that she can stay with the kids while Chrissy goes out because she figures that is going to be a really good time to snoop through Chrissy's room. (laughs) The parents leave. Chrissy goes up to read a bedtime story to the kids before she heads out for the night. Seeing that Chrissy is occupied, Amanda fishes Chrissy's resume out of the drawer and she calls one of the numbers listed as a reference. It rings and rings and there's no answer. So she calls the second number, and after five rings, a girl picks up. Amanda explained that she's calling this number as it was given as a reference for Chrissy. The girl on the other end says, you know, she doesn't live there. They're neighbors. They just came to check on the house because they've they've not seen the homeowners in a while. And what they've just found, oh, she might be sick. They're going to have to call the police, so she has to hang up. Then the girl does a double take, and she says, wait. Do you know where Chrissy is? Amanda explains that Chrissy is living in their house as a mother's helper. And the girl on the other end freaks out and says they've got to get Chrissy out of their house now. And then she hangs up. Helpful. Right? Chrissy comes back down the stairs and she's all, So I heard your friend's in the hospital. That's a shame. And the doorbell rings. It's hot Dave. He's here to bring the math assignment that Amanda missed today. 
She tells him that Chrissy is still crazy and that she's trying to get her out of the house. So Dave offers to take Chrissy to see a movie, giving Amanda two hours to snoop. Amanda's not real thrilled about it, but okay, she wants to get her hands on those other newspaper clippings. So Chrissy leaves with Dave. They go off to see a movie. Amanda starts going through Chrissy's room. It takes her a minute, but she finds those clippings. And the first article she reads shocks her because it's about Amanda's dad. There's even a picture of him. And the article names dad as the public offender on the case of a homeless man who is accused of arson. A fire was set at a law firm of Minor and Henry. Chrissy's last name was Minor. But that's as far as the article went. Amanda could not make the connection from one article to the next. And before she could go through the others, she hears a car pulling up the driveway. She looks out the window. Holy crap, it's Chrissy and Dave. How are they back already? So she panics. She grabs up all the articles. She hides under Chrissy's bed. Chrissy walks into her room and then walks back out, calling for Amanda. Amanda's like, okay, this is my chance. So she gets out from under the bed. She takes off for the door and she meets Chrissy in the hallway. And Chrissy's like, what the hell are you doing in my room? Amanda ignores her. She runs down the stairs, goes outside. Dave is still there. And he explains that when they got to town, Chrissy changed her mind about the movie. She wanted to come right back. Amanda jumps into Dave's car and she's like, drive, drive me to my parents. I've got the clippings from her room. I want to show them. She selects another clipping and reads it out loud to Dave as he takes off. This clipping talks about how dad was able to get the homeless man acquitted for the arson charge and stated publicly that Anton Minor should be charged for the burning down of his own law firm. So Dave and Amanda work out that Chrissy is Anton's daughter, and she has a grudge against Amanda's family because her dad had Chrissy's dad charged with arson. Okay, you with me? Okay. Kind of so. convoluted. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> her dad's a public defender, remember? Right, right. The picture in the newspaper clipping about Lilith being in a coma looks just like Chrissy, but then Dave reminds her that Chrissy has said that she was Lilith's twin sister. So that could still be true. Right. She remembers the last newspaper article kind of going up in flames. And so she's concerned that they'll somehow be destroyed before she can get to her parents. So they want to stop at a payphone to call the restaurant to tell their parents to stay there. They're coming to talk to them. Sounds legit. They're driving up the road and they pass the lookout point that they had visited before. And there's a phone booth there. So they pull off into the parking lot. And before Amanda can get out of the car, this nasty, thick fog kind of rolls in out of nowhere and it surrounds them. They can't see more than a few feet from the car. And then Dave goes quiet. He's staring straight ahead and he starts to kind of sway. He puts both hands on the wheel and he starts swaying in this circular motion back and forth back and forth and Amanda starts yelling at him to stop he's freaking her out but he, he doesn't respond he just keeps swaying straight ahead swaying and then he stops and slams his head into the steering wheel and blood starts to ooze out of his mouth and nose and ears just like Susie Amanda is desperate to get out of the car the phone booth's right there she can call for help for Dave 
but the doors are stuck. They won't budge. She's trapped. She finds a screwdriver in the glove compartment. She starts hammering at the glass. Turns out, window glass is a lot harder to break than it is in the movies. <laughs> but she finally gets it. She reaches down for a quarter to call for help, and when she looks back up out the window, she is face to face with evil Chrissy, standing right outside the car. The car doors are suddenly blown wide open, and Chrissy is starting to sing, Come out, come out, come out, wherever you are, you can't get away. Amanda flips out and crawls into the back seat. She wants to put as much distance between her and crazy possessed Chrissy as she possibly can. Dave's body slumps over and he sure looks dead. Chrissy laughs outside the car and Amanda is pulled by invisible hands like a strong wind from the car. And that force pushes her across the pavement and up into the air face to fucking face with Chrissy. Chrissy is floating above the hood of the Mustang, and she's got her head doing the crazy bitch tilt. And Amanda asked her, how is she doing this? Why is she doing it to her? And Chrissy just says, most people can only use a small part of their brain, but Chrissy can access all of her brain. and She can do whatever she wants. She can make whatever she wants into reality. As for the why, Chrissy gets her evil villain monologue. All right, here we go. Ready. Chrissy's dad tried to kill himself and the whole family with carbon monoxide poisoning. And it's all Amanda's dad's fault because he had had him charged with arson. And the references... The two numbers that they keep calling? She's already been to their house. That was the judge that convicted him and the DA who helped put him away. Everyone's going to pay and everyone's going to pay with their whole families. And now it was Amanda's family's turn. Amanda gets thrown back invisibly into the car with dead Dave and the doors lock. The emergency brake is lifted, the car starts to roll off the edge of the cliff of the lookout and over the side. The Mustang falls into darkness. Amanda braces for impact and the car hits hard and flips and it hits hard again and she can hear metal crunching. But where was the water? She just went over a cliff into the sea. Where was the fucking water? She leaned over, she checks Dave for a pulse. Dave is dead, Dave is gone, RIP Dave. She lets out a little cry. She has to climb over him to get out his door because her side is jammed. And she sees the Mustang is wedged between those three boulders at the bottom of the cliff. But the car was shifting. So at any moment, it would break free and fall the rest of the way into the ocean. Amanda climbs out just in time. The car topples off and is lost in the water. She's in a little bit of shock, but she knows she can't stay there. So it takes her like a couple of hours to climb down the rest of the cliff to the beach and walk back to the rental house. 
and she couldn't tell if she saw Chrissy up at the top of the cliff or not. So she doesn't know if she stayed to watch and saw that Amanda had escaped. So she walks all the way back to the rent house and slips inside. Everything's quiet. She hid in the living room. She overhears Chrissy talking on the phone and she gets two important things from this phone conversation. One, that Chrissy is saying to her mom on the other end of the phone that she doesn't know where Amanda would have gone to. She was really crazy about Dave. Maybe they ran off together. Maybe they drove back to Shadyside. So mom and dad have driven back to Shadyside looking for Amanda. And two, they've left Amanda's two younger siblings in Chrissy's care. Great. Amanda slips out of the house. She starts running for the woods to the beach. As she approaches the shore, she can hear Chrissy's voice in her head. You were here, weren't you? You are not dead, are you? You have to die first. You, then Kyle, then Mary. You die first, Amanda. You die first. And Amanda just knew that Chrissy had to be floating through the woods trying to find her. She sees a man on a beach with a wave runner and she has this idea. The kids are safe as long as Amanda is alive. Chrissy wants her to die first, so she jumps on this poor dude's wave runner and steals it and starts heading for that island she went to with Dave before. The shack is stocked with weapons. Maybe she can lure Chrissy out there and take her out before she has a chance to harm her little brother and her little sister. And now it's montage time, right? She gets to the cabin. She's getting strapped. She cuts the legs off her jeans, makes them into shorts. Like she finds another big hunting knife and she like straps it onto her belt. She's snacking on some like dried goods there, trying to get her energy up. And once again, she hears Chrissy's voice in her head. Chrissy is gonna do something to Mary. Amanda jumps on the wave runner, starts to head for shore. When she gets about halfway there, she sees Chrissy driving a boat out to sea. The kids are in the boat and it looks like they're tied up. Amanda aims the wave runner at the boat and Chrissy notices her coming at them. She starts hitting Amanda with these like head splitting headaches. And then Chrissy reaches up to the sky and channels lightning through her hands Hits Amanda and flips the wave runner. What? It gets better. Okay, (laughs) so Amanda goes under. Okay, under the water. She knows that if she doesn't ignore this pain and swim back to the top, she's dead. She's going to drown. So she does. She fights. She swims to the surface and then she hits her head on something. It's the bottom of the boat that Chrissy and the kids are in. She somehow has swam up right under it. So she goes to the side and lifts herself up and into the boat, which can I just say, Amanda's gotta have some really good abs because that shit is hard. Flings herself into the boat. Chrissy grabs Mary. Mary is tied up and gagged. Remember Mary's like five years old, right? So she doesn't, she's crying, she's terrified. She doesn't know what's happening. Chrissy pulls that same long hunting knife with the ivory handle 
out of her pocket and she holds the knife to Mary's throat and she screams, this is for my father. Seeing Mary like this sends Amanda into beast mode, okay? She form tackles Chrissy and starts like beating the shit out of her. And at some point, Chrissy remembers, oh yeah, I've got powers. And she lifts Amanda high up into the air and then sends her crashing back down into the hard metal boat. Ouch. Yeah. But she's so distracted by throwing Amanda around that she's not watching where the boat is going. And in this case, it's going right into a boulder. The impact of the crash sends Chrissy flying from the front of the boat to the back, where she hits the back of her head hard. And she doesn't get up again. Amanda cuts the kids free, ties Chrissy up with a rope. The boat is damaged and it's sinking, but they are in water that's shallow enough for them all to walk to shore. So they drag Chrissy's limp body all the way back up to the house. Amanda drops her on the living room floor and she goes into the kitchen to call the cops. She had just started dialing the number when Kyle starts screaming, she's awake, she's awake. Amanda made it back into the living room just in time to see the ropes that held Chrissy popping off one by one, all by themselves. Amanda screams at the kids to get out and they do, they split, they go out the back door, they run for the pool area, they get out of the house. And Chrissy has declared victory. She's saying, that nap really recharged her batteries. Chrissy sets the living room on fire. Everything goes up in flames. Very fire starter thing, like it just yeah. happens. Amanda tries to escape, but every move she makes to get out, Chrissy keeps blocking her path with various objects. Chrissy's adding more and more fire to the house. She's gonna burn it down with them in it. And just then, that little kitten from Amanda's room darts in between Chrissy's legs. And Chrissy falls over into the flames and catches fire. Being burned alive really messes with Chrissy's mind power because Amanda's able to escape out the back and find the children. The three of them huddle together and watch the house burn with Chrissy inside it. Now we get to jump back into the present from the beginning of the book. Amanda is in the detention center and she's at her meeting with Dr. Miller. She was arrested because the wound on the back of Chrissy's head was suspicious. It seemed as though she had hit Chrissy and then started the fire to cover it up. They couldn't verify her story about the boat because the boat sank and it had been pulled out by tides. Kyle, who was old enough to tell what happened, went into shock from this experience and did not talk. And Mary is five. She couldn't articulate what happened. But Dr. Miller has some good news. Kyle's doing way better. He's talking now, and his story matches hers. Also, they've now discovered that Chrissy, whose real name was Lilith, Lilith, who spent two years in a coma from carbon monoxide poisoning, somehow came out of it with mind powers. Oh. 
and she wanted vengeance. She had vengeance on the brain. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> so Amanda's released, and the last scene is the whole family driving together in the car back to Shady Side with the new kitten in Amanda's lap. And that's how it ends. Yay for the kitten. I know. It's I the best part. about the kitten. It was the best. I've been, because of your influence, I've been like looking at way too many Instagram cats <laughs> lately. And I am trying to mentally make myself unallergic so yes, that I can perhaps acquire a kitten. Um, but in reality, I don't want another thing to take care of. Also, my dogs would probably eat it. Get your mind powers and make yourself an allergic. <laughs> I know. Did you see that coming? Did you have that figured out? I had a suspicion that it was, she might have been Lilith, but then I didn't expect, like, the mind powers. <laughs> like, like mm, what? Well, I think it's fascinating that, like, not only is she telekinetic, but, like, she can also just manifest shit. Mm-hmm. She's a fire starter. Right. She's telekinetic. She can manifest things. Like, I would like some of that. Like, she's a good right. X-Men or something. <laughs> Although I really thought for a minute, though, it was it was going to be a little more um, supernatural. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's pretty supernatural, but a lot of things that were happening, we were gearing up for, like, her to actually be evil. Yeah. And just have evil powers. Right. But yeah, I know. What do you like, think? It was kind of like a Carrie sort of situation where, like, you just have these things. Like, Carrie was supernatural, but nothing else about that story was really supernatural. So it's kind of, kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I enjoyed how she was kind of manipulated and then made to look crazy and then was eventually mm-hmm. committed. I thought that was great. I, I really enjoyed make, that. Plot. This one would make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was very good. It reminded me a little bit. Um, did you ever read Lois Duncan? That name sounds really familiar. Well, she also wrote teen horror and teen up. mysteries. So, um, she, she in that same vein, but I th- it was a little earlier. I think it was like more like the eighties, maybe even the name the sounds 70s. mega familiar. Yeah, if you At look least- up Lois Duncan, there's a bunch of books. Mm. Um, but she she wrote one called stranger with my face it has a lot of similarities it's like it's a coastal town in that book it was like astral projection like she meant a girl who taught her how to astral like project herself but that girl ended up waiting for her to project and then took over her body so she was just kind of out there in the ether while this other girl like worked her body and like a puppet. Yeah, no, it was a good book, but there's a lot of similarities. That's why when I finished this one, I was like, wow, I really like this one. I haven't felt this kind of vibe since I read Stranger with My Face. I'm looking up Lois Duncan. So she wrote, I know what you did last summer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's hers. Okay. And I definitely read Killing Mr. Griffin. That was another one. That was hers. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm. I think that there are groups. Um, I don't know if there's a Lois Duncan specific group on Facebook, but one of the, the oh, here's vintage- that stranger with my face. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. 
okay, but she also wrote Hotel for Dogs. So <laughs> she steered left. She's like, I gotta write some dog books now. <laughs> it's a palate cleanser. <laughs> I definitely read Killing Mr. Griffin. I remember that one for sure. I remember the cover. But, right? And I know I, I definitely read I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't know if I ever read I Know What You Did Last Summer. I saw a movie. Yeah, the movie, yeah. And I can't remember at all if they relate very, if they're like really, you know, if they even correlate that much. I'm sure like bare minimum, you know. <laughs> I think the only thing I really liked about, um, well, not the only thing. I, I was a teenager and I enjoyed that kind of movie because there was, remember there was that time where a lot of those movies were happening. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Hadn't had much for a while. No. There was like a dry spell between the, heyday of um freddie and jason and mm-hmm. um all of that but between that like scream era where we got all those yeah. 90s horror movies the best and i remember watching i know what you did last summer in the theater and just being so envious of their clothes <laughs> i know in all those movies i'm like man i want to wear that so and i want that necklace yeah like <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. That was a rent. That was a good Renaissance time of those '90s horror movies. Those '90s teen horror movies—they stand up. They, man, they're still great. They're cheesy. I agree, and that, I think that's they're part of the great. reason I like this book so much is it gave me very much like that kind of vibe. Yes, they could have definitely slotted in very nicely into those into that genre. Just got a little bit more gory. I think some of those are pretty gory, but like the only note I would have is that there were times when if he would have gotten a little more descriptive mm-hmm. about what she looked like when she was being evil like if he were to go into detail about how her face was distorted not just say it was distorted yeah it would have been extremely scary yeah because I just think yeah Emily Rose was what I was a good a good reference point <laughs> yeah like those distorted faces <laughs> Since that was such a fantastic episode, I know you want to leave a review. So go <laughs> leave one. Five stars only. Talk about your cat if you want. Talk, you can review your cat. You can leave a five-star review about your cat if you don't know what to say about the episode. Just be like, my you know cat. This great. actually this actually brings up a good point that I had forgot about that I was going to ask you about. Mm-hmm. So I, I have an online online business and I usually don't have any trouble with reviews. Like I usually get five star reviews. I had a lady give me a three star review. <gasps> Ew. Do you Recently? write three star reviews? No. No. If you have a problem with something, you give it a one star and you explain why. Yeah. If you liked something, you get a five star and you explain why. Mm-hmm. But if you are so so, do you take time out of your day just to screw that person over? Mm-hmm. That's so rude. So or like those people who are like, Well, I never give five stars. Well, like, then don't leave like, it at all. Exactly. Like you like it's gotta be like, well, to be five stars, it would have you know, it's like, well then mm. don't leave a review. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Keep walking. So Goodbye. Yeah. Keep walking. So we that's kind of how we feel. Like if you're happy, tell us. If you're not happy, please keep walking. Exactly. So we need reviews. So do that. You can review us anywhere. I think you listen pretty much. Facebook and 
can mm-hmm. review us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can review us on all of the listening platforms. You can't send us a letter, but maybe if you have a carrier pigeon, you can figure that out. I don't know. <laughs> there are ways. There are ways, I am sure. Um, Facebook group. Um, join the Facebook group. It's open. We'll accept you. Tell us what you like about the show or what you like about Goosebumps or Fear Street or any of that good stuff. If you have a cool collection, we like to be jealous. Show it off. Mm-hmm. If you have a cute pet, post it. All pets are 100%. welcome. All, all pets. pets. All pets are welcome. All of them. Snakes, anything. Whatever mm-hmm. is your pet, post it. So that's the Facebook group. Join. Please do. <laughs> and next episode, we're going to do Goosebumps again with Danielle. And she is going to tell us about the abominable snowman of Pasadena. (laughs) And until next time, we are out. Like your mom in a halter top. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Bye. Bye!